0: Welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. Guess who this is? It is I, Sarah. <laughs> You're fabulous Darcy. host. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a happy night, and we're celebrating Halloween, right? This is our Halloween episode. We are. Dude, I was walking my dog earlier today, and I saw, like, one person by himself wearing a skeleton outfit, and I was like, definitely <laughs> it was Thursday like a, night. It was like a 47-year-old yeah. man, too. It was, like, 30, it was like 7 o'clock at night, and I was like, yeah, you're definitely by yourself on a Thursday night wearing a skeleton outfit, but I like it. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: So I don't think Halloween's a thing. Um, Can I just say something creepy? I walked downstairs. I got all those, you know, I got those electric plug-in things for the mice stuff. So I think all the insects that were upstairs now just went downstairs to the basement because it's farther away from (laughs) the plug-ins. And I walk out into the hallway and I see this freaking, I don't know what they're called, like a centipede.
1: (gasps) It had like a million
0: legs and it
1: was literally as big as my finger. Ew, centipedes can be poisonous.
0: Yeah. I was not thrilled to see that thing. And I was like, go get, it! run. I don't want to see you. Get out of my way. <laughs> I don't want to touch it. I don't even want to smush uh-uh. it because it's so freaking huge. It's going to end up all over my shoes. It was awful. Just so gross. Um, yeah. And not happy about that. And now I'm sitting here, I'm kind of creeped out because I'm afraid it's going to
1: come crawl underneath the door and come say hello. I, know. I have bug anxiety too. I'm like, like I used to, when I would like kill cockroaches when I was little, I was like, oh my gosh, like all of its friends are now gonna come after me because I killed its yeah. friend. Yeah, I pretty much had this theory that if you kill a spider, that its
0: like juices would like put, give off some kind of fair, give off some kind of pheromone or something, telling its family yes,
1: that's what that I you'd about killed roaches. it,
0: and that it was gonna come back and get you yes. with all of its hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of
1: relatives. That's what that's literally how I felt about cockroaches. I'm so glad I wasn't alone in that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just you, it was me too. And I don't...
0: Somebody told me that, and I was like, oh my god. Ew. No, because the amount of spiders I've killed through the years is just, like, outrageous. P- please don't send us hate mail. <laughs> yeah, no. Spiders are gross. Ritches are stupid. Ritches
1: are stupid. Bugs are gross. Yeah. No. Ew. Ew. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm going to jump into the episode today, because this is a long one. We're doing a very special episode. All right. right so... Our particular topic for the day was born in Chicago, Illinois, March 17th, 1942. He was the second child of three kids. He had one older sister and one younger sister. His parents, John and Marion, were of modest means. His dad was an auto repair mechanic, and his mom was a homemaker. And his dad was also a World War I vet. So, oh, he's a doughboy. Yeah. I, if you can imagine this person, he works in auto repair mechanics and that kind of stuff. And he was a World War I vet, like he, crusty AF and like very, very specific, speci- very, very specific type of person. Right. Right. Like you can just see this guy. He's got to be like kind of tragedy maybe some facial hair, mm-hmm. not a very happy person, very kind of dreary. D- yeah. I, I can see him in my mind's mm-hmm. eye already. Um, the family was Catholic. And that was not unusual for the time and place Um, While growing up John was very close to his mom and sisters But his father, not so much Hmm. As you could probably see that coming Mm -hmm. Because typically serial killers Have, you know, stuff with either their mother Or their father or both But I'm talking about John Wayne Gacy Mm. If I hadn't mentioned it up front This is is a tricky one We've been waiting a while to do this Because it's very complicated and very long And hopefully I can get it all in within a reasonable amount of time but in any case, um, John's father was an alcoholic and very physically and psychologically abusive mm-hmm. to both his kids and his wife. World War One bet alcoholism. It seems like all those things kind of mm-hmm. go hand in hand, especially for that period of time. It's like in the 40s and 50s where right. there wasn't there were no filters. There were no, you know, it was crazy. And as I start to describe this, you're going to just think to yourself, you know, this was the time period and this was normal for a right. lot of families. But... John's father spent a lot of time belittling his son, calling him stupid, calling him lacking as a human being, and like comparing him to his sisters all the time, and sometimes he would call him a sissy and a mama's boy, and his father indicated that he would probably grow up being gay on multiple occasions. I don't know what that ended up having to do with his later issues in life, but it seems like a very complex relationship that could only lead to something bad when you've got a father who does stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, At the same time though, Gacy tried to please his father and he loved him and always felt like he wasn't good enough. So he blamed himself partially for the problems in the relationship with his father and just really regretted the fact that he didn't have a closer relationship with his father and did everything he could to try to impress his father. (laughs) But Gacy's trouble started when he was very young In the year 1949 So you can see he was seven mm-hmm. um, He got caught with another boy Sexually fondling a young girl Oh It it doesn't say how old she was But it was a situation Where it was him and another boy And I'm sure they were experimenting right. Or trying to You know As kids do at that young age They try to figure out About the sexes And what the difference is Between boys and girls But it was an inappropriate Sort of a thing I don't know and That's he got pretty caught young
1: Like To me I feel like that's very young to do that especially like to experiment with sexuality well not to like for like girls and boys yes, to like for that, look but... at stuff but like to do anything like with a sexual tone like i feel like you have to be taught that at that age
0: yeah i'm not sure but in any case a little bit later in that same year gacy was molested by a male family friend mm. and he never told anyone because he was afraid he was going to get blamed for that. So I don't know if he was abused in some way before that or something happened to him. Obviously, he was physically and mentally abused by his father. And oftentimes, predators like this family friend will seek out the ones they know they can get away with doing this sort of thing to. It's almost like they have a radar for the ones that have either been abused before in some sort of fashion or ones that they know they can get away with abusing in the future. Yeah. I think predators
1: definitely have like a honed in, they can tell when there's a vulnerability about kids.
0: And he could tell with Gacy that he had issues and wasn't going to tell. And he didn't. Uh, And it wasn't unusual for victims at that time period either to blame themselves. It still isn't unusual. Mm -hmm. But John also thought that um, his father would definitely blame him. So he kept his mouth shut. Mm. Now, According to authorities from that time period and John's accounts, he had a heart condition, which prevented him from doing activities like sports or P.E. So he, yeah, so he ended up being kind of a a chubby kid Mm -hmm. and kind of nerdy. Right. And in elementary school and in the fourth grade, Gacy started having blackouts and seizures. Fun stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Likely related to his heart condition. And then in 1957, around the age of 15, his appendix burst. Ooh. And he was he was hospitalized around that time For a variety of ailments Including the appendix issue But collectively he spent about a year in the hospital He recalled during that time period And missed a lot of school So his grades kind of plummeted And he mm-hmm. didn't do well in school During this time as well His father continually accused him Of faking his condition to get sympathy hmm. But interestingly enough though Gacy was never officially diagnosed with anything Except for the appendix issue So... Technically speaking, he could have been faking it. Um, maybe to get sympathy, maybe to have a relationship closer with his mother, maybe because he didn't want to have to disappoint his father in other ways. So he figured if he had his excuse, then his father wouldn't be quite so disappointed when he didn't live up to what his father expected of him.
1: Yeah, it I'm could not have sure. also been, I mean, psychosomatic issues can definitely manifest as physical pain, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Gacy was often beaten and verbally abused by his father, even in front of family and friends, Mm, which sounds awful. And he never fought back and just, he would let the abuse happen and just kind of put his arms up and wait for it to be over, I guess, Mm. which sounds awful for a young boy yeah, um, or a teenage boy or anyone for that matter. But by the time Gacy turned 18, he, um, he showed interest in politics. And this was around the sixties. Mm-hmm. So you could as you can imagine there was a lot of like civil rights kind of stuff going on and the, the world of politics was very appealing to him. He started working on various campaigns for the Democratic Party, which appears to be pretty big in Chicago. We're definitely in mm-hmm. a democratic state here. You can see a lot of Biden signs in, in yards and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I don't really have any idea why this is. Maybe there were me- unions or mechanics, um, but this heavily democratic state was very interesting to him. And he jumped in with both feet and started getting involved with that. And his father was not pleased. Oh. It, yeah. It irritated him that his son chose politics and again, accused him of being kind of soft and feminine and gay, etc. cetera.
1: Hmm. And I wonder if that was because he chose the democratic party. And Um, that was seen as, like, softer on, like, unions and stuff. Well, his dad was, like, a mechanic. Right. right? His
0: dad was, like, a mechanic. So maybe he was disappointed that his son didn't choose a more manly kind of a aspiration to have as a career, like, a mechanic himself. Yeah. That being a politic, you're sitting, doing politics, you're sitting in an office, you're getting soft, you're not working out, you're not using your hands. Yeah. So maybe that was the thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of the things. I, I don't really know. But Gacy never graduated from high school, either. Um... At the time, Gacy's dad uh, bought him a car as well and made him make payments and would take the keys if John didn't do as his father wished, or if he mm-hmm. disappointed his father in any way, he would take the keys away. Mm-hmm. Um, John got an extra set of keys to combat this issue, and then his dad took the distributor cap. So
1: oh, wow. here it is,
0: this car person. You don't want to mess with him, right? Because yeah. he knows exactly what to do to make your car non-functional as long as he wants it to, and to put it back together when he wants to. Right. But you can get a sense from all this how deeply controlling his father was. Mm -hmm. And shortly after the incident with the distributor cap, Gacy decided he was going to leave and try living in Las Vegas for a while. Mm. Now, this part's pretty interesting because I didn't know this about him, but he got work for a few months in an ambulance service and then in a mortuary. Really? Yeah. During that time, he slept on a cot near the embalming area. Hmm. And it appears that he observed a lot of embalming of dead bodies and even climbed into a coffin at one point with a dead body. He
1: climbed into a coffin? Yeah.
0: Why? He, embra- he embraced it, caressed the body for a while, and then it kind of freaked him out. So he jumped out of the coffin and decided to go back
1: home to Chicago. So he had scared him. tendencies. tendencies. Um, I'm not so
0: sure that he had... Well, he might have, but I think for him, he was struggling with his sexuality, mm-hmm. and that was a safe thing for him because that person was dead. Well, it was a man, it was a man and the person was dead. So he could experiment without them rejecting him or like pushing him away. Right. On on one hand. And then there was probably some necrophiliac tendencies as well. But like, I think there was a whole variety of emotions that were playing through his system and his psyche at that time. And it, it was very scary to him.
1: Yeah. I was going to say like a lot of um, necrophilia, like the philias in general is like a sexual propensity, but but I was going to say, like, the necrophiliac doesn't necessarily have to be sexually attracted to a dead person. It could be somebody pretending to be dead. Okay. Okay. And and I think the draw... That's a really
0: interesting point. And yeah.
1: I think the draw there is, that, is the lack of rejection, the inability to reject, I think, right. is kind of big there. But,
0: like I said, it really, yeah. like, scared him. And he was like, I need to go home. Like, I got to get away from this huh. before I do something that I don't want to do. Um, despite failing to graduate from high school, Gacy was somehow allowed to enroll in Northwestern Business College. Northwestern? Northwestern Business College.
1: That's like a it's really good
0: school. Not Northwestern, a community oh. college. Northwestern oh. Business College. Oh.
1: Okay. Distinction.
0: Huge distinction. Yes. This was a smaller, like, kind of um, community college in the Chicago area. Okay. And he graduated in 1963 and it showed that he wasn't nearly as ignorant or learning challenged as maybe people thought he was mm-hmm. um and then he took a job at, as a management trainee with the Nun Bush Shoe Company which i kind of like that name Nun Bush <laughs> yeah And then evidently back then, you didn't really need to climb the corporate ladder so much. You could just jump in uh, with a degree from a community college. You could be a white man. Be a management trainee. (laughs) Exactly. Um, In 1964, he transferred to sales in Springfield, Illinois. And this is southern Illinois, about 200 miles and about three hours from Chicago, just Mm -hmm. as a point of reference. And after doing his time as a salesperson, he was promoted to manager. Obviously, he had been training for that and gone to school for that, so it was not a big surprise. And this was probably a pretty good time for him. He was achieving career success and getting away from his controlling father. He also became engaged to one of the ladies he worked with. Oh. And she was a woman by the name of Marilyn Myers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Gacy was also said to have joined the JCs about that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell are the JCs? And evidently, it's the United States Junior Chamber leadership training and civic organizing for people ages 18
1: to 40. Have you never heard of the JCs?
0: No. I mean, I've
1: heard of them, but I didn't really know what they were. Like, I'm like,
0: what the hell is this? So it's just like a civic organization that helps people with leadership skills and training and whatnot, which, you know, whatevs, cool, good on him. Evidently, he kicked butt at it, worked super hard, got awards and rose within the organization pretty rapidly. Mm -hmm. He had some charisma when it came to that sort of thing. Yeah. Like he was really kind of into it. It was his jam.
1: John Wayne Gacy was to the Democratic Party what Ted Bundy was to the Republican Party.
0: Exact. Whoa, what an awesome analogy. Yeah. Or not analogy. Is that an analogy? I don't know. I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but. At the same time, though, Gacy reportedly had his second homosexual encounter. And this was with a fellow J.C. guy who invited him to come stay over and sleep on his couch after they had been heavily drinking together. Um, evidently this dude preferred oral sex on Mm -hmm. him and Gacy and did all this when Gacy was really drunk, or at least that's what Gacy said. And this is based on Gacy's account, so...
1: And this is in, like, the 60s and 70s?
0: Take it with a a grain of salt, yeah. I wonder,
1: like, I wonder how much that was actually labeled as homosexual act versus experimentation, like, in the 60s, you know what I mean? But... The thing is, like, he says this
0: guy did it to him,
1: Oh, is
0: what I was saying. And this is based on his account. So it could have been Gacy experimenting with this other person and him being the one initiating it. I don't know. In any case, um, this was like a a really interesting moment for him. And he was like, wow, this is maybe what I want to do, I think. I think it. he was embarrassed because it happened when he was drunk and maybe mm-hmm. he didn't have as much control as he wanted to. But I think there was also some components of it that he was like, wow, I'm definitely interested
1: in guys. Right. And I enjoyed this and that's scary kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And after that, and, and you know, homosexuality during that time period was just like mm-hmm. ex- frowned upon, frowned upon, like it was looked at as a mental illness, essentially. Yeah. So no one wanted to be in that boat per se. They wanted to have the experiences and feel good about themselves in their true sexuality, but they didn't want to have the stigma that went along with it, which mm-hmm. I completely understand. No issues with that. Uh, so in, in any case, after that, Gacy was uh, kicking it with the JCs, and he rose to vice president of the Springfield chapter by 1965. So he's killing it. Not literally. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. That's not, that's not a funny joke. Anyway, John and yeah, his new fiance, say, like, Marilyn, they got engaged in 1964, and they had been dating for about six months by the time they finally got married. And lucky for Gacy, this gal came from money. Yeah, and her family bought them three KFC restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. Mm-hmm. The only condition was they had to move out there to manage the restaurants. And that I think sucks. I think he was down for it because he was like, "This is a pretty freaking sweet deal." Um, they also got a house out of it. It had been owned by his in-laws and that's where he set up shop. And he even opens like a little mini club in his basement with drinks and pool for young men only, of course, Uh, you know, did you drive Um, to
1: Iowa when you were moving out to, to
0: yeah, we did. It's pretty barren
1: bleak. Yeah. (laughs) Not the most exciting place,
0: (laughs) not the most exciting place, but evidently Gacy was just kind of a baller because he was making this $15,000 a year salary which mm-hmm. is essentially equivalent to about $115,000 today. Whoa. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Plus he gets a share of all the restaurant profits.
1: And the KFC. So is,
0: yeah, is he's yeah. like making the bank by that point and has this sweet little pad down in the basement where he brings all the employees and young men to come hang out and just have fun. The and human and
1: women's haters club. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty
0: much. Um, and so Gacy is running the KFCs, employing lots of young people and decides his preference is definitely for guys, obviously for, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's gay, but they're the only ones he socializes with for obvious reasons. And he's like boozing these guys up and making sexual advances with them. And if they say no, he claims he was just testing their morals or just joking. Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, then bam, he's got it. Um, yeah. haha, Just kidding. Um, I'm not gay. I was just testing you. Right. Yeah, so it sounds like a scam. But anyway, in 1966, John's wife, Marilyn, gives birth to their son and then a daughter in 1967. He is just like this awesome family man. Despite his drinking and trying to rape young teens, he's living the dream, right? Mm-hmm. And he feels like he's finally at uh, earned his dad's approval. In fact, July 1966, his father visits him and apologizes for all the childhood abuse and officially says, Hey, you know what? I was wrong about you. You're a good kid. So he's achieved wow. the ultimate so he affirmation. he finally got
1: his dad's approval.
0: Yes. And this is where things get a little bit dicey. Okay. Gacy gets into the JCs in Waterloo, and here is the craziness. He starts to be... He's working all these long hours. He's heavily involved in the JCs. He's working 12 to 14 hours and managing the KFCs. And at the JC meetings, John was passing out... C- oh. And at the JC meetings, John was, like, passing out his secret spicy fried chicken and telling people to call him the Colonel. So he's starting to get a little bit of a big head about himself and, like, using the KFC to try to impress people, which sounds really cheesy to me, but I'm sure at the time it was fabulous. So during this time, Gacy was considered ambitious, hardworking, and a great fundraiser, despite the fact that some people thought he was bragging a little bit too much, but... However, despite this golden boy image that he sort of created for himself, there was a darker side to the J.C. organization, which I don't know if you knew about this, but during that period of time in that area, there was said to be a lot of wife swapping, prostitution, drug use, Mm. and porn. Wow, right? I I did not know that. Who would have thought? The J.C.s were swinging. Didn't know. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So, Gacy escalates to his first official crime during that period not counting the the molestation of the girl when he was seven because i don't i mean that that is a crime but he was underage so he um was never caught and prosecuted for the younger crime anyway so this is really officially his first crime but august 1967 gacy decides hanging out and flirting with teenage boys wasn't satisfying anymore and he finds a fellow jc who has a cute 15 year old son and invites this guy over and decides to help him watch some porn. So I'm sure he lures this kid with the concept right. that, hey, we're going to watch this hot, you know, straight porn together and then gets him, right? Yeah. But um, Gacy then takes this poor kid, his name is Donald Voorhees, and gets him super drunk and makes him give him oral sex, which... Mm awful 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 he did the same thing to various other local teens and one of them convinces oh he even convinces one of them to have sex with his wife before blackmailing him and in, into giving oral sex to him as well oh can you imagine wow so he convinced this teenage kid to have sex with Marilyn, his own wife and then blackmailed the kid into giving him sex too or he was going to tell
1: Oof, that's yeah
0: heavy wow. really really yeah. heavy but evidently, Gacy was a mastermind of trickery, and he would tell these kids all kinds of really crazy stories, including that he's doing scientific research about homosexuals, and he's also paying some of them for sex, because he has money, he's rolling in money. So he's kind of, I think, interchanging between these two stories, like one, oh, I'm just doing this for scientific research, it's all about research, and then the mm-hmm. other, he's like, here, let me, let me give you 50 bucks, and you, you'll do what I want. But by March 1968, the first kid told his parents about the freaky stuff that was going on in the Gacy house. So this Voorhees kid. And the Voorhees family went to the police with this information and got Gacy arrested. But instead of... You'd think he would be charged with, you know, rape, because it's an underage kid. He's only 15. But the charges were oral sodomy. As well as attempted Mm. assault on another kid who was 16-year-old Edward Lynch. So... Gacy goes on damage control at that point and denies everything, as you do, right? Like, what what person is like, you know what, you're right, I did it. He basically says, hey, give me a polygraph, I'm innocent, I'll prove it to you. And in the meantime, he's basically telling everyone, these are made up charges, these are politically motivated, Um, evidently Donald Voorhees' dad didn't want Gacy to be president of the Iowa JCs club, Uh, I don't know, anyway. Um, But, you know, he was obviously a creepy pedophile, so, like, I wouldn't want him to be head of the JCs either if I knew he had these pedophilic tendencies, right?
1: Obviously. And, like, if if you're going to make something up to, like, smear somebody, that's a really, really, really awful thing to make up.
0: Um, Gacy was indicted May 10th, 1968 on the sodomy charges. And I, I Because we all know sodomy is way more messed up than child abuse or molestation mm-hmm. or rape of a minor, right? Because back then, there was this tremendous fear of homosexuality, and it was illegal, Absolutely. and anyone that was homosexual was mentally ill. So yep. th- that was everyone's greatest fear is to have that be a charge against them. But in preparing for his sodomy trial, Gacy convinced one of his employees, an 18-year-old boy named Russell Schroeder, to beat up Voorhees for $300.
1: So that's witness tampering.
0: Yeah. But the goal was essentially to get Voorhees to not testify against Gacy. So Schroeder maced and beat Voorhees in a public park, and this young boy managed to escape and report the assault to the police. And then the police quickly arrest the ugh, the police quickly arrested Schroeder, and he pointed the finger back to Gacy, of course, right? Yeah. And then they all tracked everything back to Gacy, and he got the additional charge of witness intimidation tacked on to his mm-hmm. other charges, which with good reason, right? Yeah. So here's the super interesting part: in September 1968, Gacy underwent 17 days, not 17 hours, 17 days of psychiatric evaluation by two different doctors at this. Whoa. Yeah. At the psychiatric hospital at the university of Iowa. So
1: God, that's could you a lot,
0: right? I mean, obviously I think that they, you know, not only is there the homophobic element to it, but I think that there was some concern that there was something seriously mentally deficient about this man. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So at that time he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder So Hmm. essentially he was both a sociopath and a psychopath combined. Yeah. And um, they also claimed he was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or treatment and his behavior would likely continue creating more conflict with society if he was allowed to leave.
1: Hmm. Right.
0: So I found this very interesting that they essentially gave him this awful diagnosis, but yet, he's going to serve a small amount of time in jail and then be released. They weren't interested in necessarily treating him or keeping him longer, which was kind of bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. And again, the deal back then was that being gay was a mental disease. And so I'm not really sure how much this diagnosis played into his true mental illness and how much was a reflection of the fear towards gay people and homosexuals at that time period, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it clearly sounds like they pegged him early on as a danger to other people.
0: Yes, but again, I'm not necessarily sure how much of that had to do with his being, having homosexual tendencies and how much right. of it was true mental illness, right? And it's hard, yeah. it's hard to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, the antisocial personality disorder diagnosis is pretty much, like, what they they don't diagnose psychopathy anymore, but like they start, they say either antisocial or borderline personality disorder. So like that's probably the biggest tip off, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely the stigma of homosexuality or even bisexuality at that time. Yeah.
0: Well, in any case, he was considered mentally competent to stand trial. Mm -hmm. So he went to trial. And in November, 1968, he pled guilty to the sodomy charges and he pled not guilty to the other charges. And this part just kind of makes me cringe But he claimed that the 15 year old boy Offered himself up And he complied out of curiosity
1: Ugh, that's not a thing
0: Yeah, and to me this is as unbelievable now As it was back then Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were like, yeah, no, that's not a thing By the way So Gacy was sentenced to 10 years in prison For the single sodomy charge Right Mm -hmm. Which is pretty incredible to me um, that a sodomy charge, would, you would get 10 years. That seems a little steep, but I think we're judging it based on what we know about Gacy now and not necessarily what they knew about him back then. Right, right? yeah. Which So it seems harsh for what they knew about him back then. But he served only about 18 months of his 10-year prison sentence. And he's,
1: Unbelievable. Yeah, he
0: served it at the Anamosa State Penitentiary. And when he was officially released... Excuse me. When he was officially convicted the wifey Marilyn said later days and filed for divorce. So while he's in prison Mm -hmm. for that 18 months, she got the house, the property, presumably the kids and sole custody of those kids. She also Mm -hmm. got alimony. And then I put, she dodged a bullet that was the biggest award on that one. Yeah. For real. Gacy never saw Marilyn or his kids again,
1: which
0: is very strange to me as well. Um, Evidently he didn't care that much about them Because why would you, you know, walk away from that Or maybe he was embarrassed by everything And he just, seeing them reminded him of the embarrassment I don't know, but that seems very strange to me That that would happen that way And uh, during this time in jail By all accounts, Gacy was a model prisoner He was the head cook And he joined the JCs in prison And who would have thought they had JCs in prison prison. Who who knew that was a thing And he helped them increase their prison membership So he's on (laughs) top of it, So he's a recruiter. (laughs) And he was probably happy to be able to have his male sexual fantasies Mm -hmm. going on in the prison because we all know that prisons are known for being sort of bastions now of either forced sexual interaction between males or, you know, willing sexual Mm -hmm. interaction. But in any case, he helped make improvements for the inmates and even got them a miniature golf course in the prison rec yard.
1: So, a miniature. I can't imagine giving inmates golf clubs like, That just doesn't seem like a yep, great yep, idea Yep,
0: that was a thing back then
1: Mi- yeah. Miniature
0: golf in the, in the prison yard Which, you know, whatever, I guess true priorities, right? Uh, Gacy also completed his high school diploma During that point And got his, that diploma in 1969
1: So he already had like, the associate's degree From the business school And mm, then he went back and got his yep. diploma All Which right. is weird yeah
0: right, um, and evidently back then you didn't need that diploma to get into the JC. So, in any case, his father died in 1969, and this was a deeply emotional time for Gacy because he was denied that compassionate leave to go to the funeral, hmm. and he was very very torn up about this. Understandably so, and they say when he was told, he fell to the floor sobbing, and was very distressed. Which, again, yeah, he loved his father despite the tough nature of their relationship. It was a deeply um, emotional time for him.
1: Yeah. Gacy
0: got parole June 18th, 1970. Again, that was just 18 months into his 10-year prison sentence. But he had to move back to Chicago as a condition for parole and live with his mom.
1: Hmm. Live he, with his mom, you said? Yep. Okay.
0: Evidently, it was a thing back then. Plus, he had a 10 p.m. curfew. And I put like that would stop somebody from molesting boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of like uh, like a restraining order. Like if somebody really wants to do it, that's the rule said, saying they can't do it isn't really going to stop them.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so either. So yeah, um, I was like, yeah, right. Like that's going to convict. That's going to convince him. Oh no, I'm not going to do anything after ten p.m. Right. Um, In any case, though, he got back to Chicago and quickly got a job as a short-order cook, which, again, is probably a condition of parole. You have to be gainfully Mm -hmm. employed so you can keep yourself out of trouble, keep your nose clean. Uh, But Gacy could not do that very well for very long. Hmm. February 12th, 1971, he was charged with sexual assault of a teen. Yeah. He said Gacy grabbed him from a Greyhound bus station in Chicago took him home and attempted to have sex with him. This charge though was a ulti- this charge was ultimately thrown out when the poor kid didn't show up to court. He was probably very humiliated back then. Mm-hmm. That sort of a charge, that sort of an instance being involved with something like that in general was not something that anybody wanted and I think there was a great deal of stigma attached to that and so I can imagine it would have been difficult for that young boy to testify. So regardless of what actually happened and how he felt and what he wanted, he was probably humiliated. So he'd never showed up and the case was dropped. And then later that year in June, Gacy was arrested again, this time for aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct. This one was from using a police badge and forcing a young boy into oh, his car and then home to perform oral sex. Yeah, This case was also dropped when blackmail was attempted by the youth involved. So uh, he's escalating again. Yeah, a, I mean, I would very, hope so. In a very, very rapid way. And I'm sure right. that another condition of, of his parole was to stay away from teenage boys. And he couldn't do that right and meanwhile the iowa board of parole completely is in the dark about anything that's going on Uh. in illinois and they end gacy's parole this means that records of gacy's permanent convictions are officially sealed yeah so that's not good and at this point gacy gathers a few Mm -hmm. bucks from his mom and buys a house in Norwood Park Township. This is close to Norwich in an unincorporated part of Cook County. This is just outside of Chicago or still, it's still considered the Chicago area now, but back then it was the unincorporated part. And this house was a very typical ranch style. It looks totally unassuming just like hundreds of other houses around Chicago. And this was the notorious address where crimes were to be committed and Basically, all of his murders occurred in this house, but this was 8213 Mm -hmm. West Somerdale Avenue. And I'll post some pictures of this house. Obviously, it's been torn down since, but this is the address where he lived until he was arrested December 1978 and where he committed his murders. It is a very unassuming-looking house. Mm -hmm. It looks like a very small, kind of lower-middle-class, ranch-style house. Mm -hmm. A cute... Like, there's thousands of houses like that around here. So you would never think that something like this would happen in a spot like that in an area like this. Just crazy. But in any case, after buying this very small, humble looking home Gacy starts getting in tight with community members. He plows snow for them free of charge. He hosts annual Mm -hmm. summer parties and becomes this this gregarious fixture that is beloved in the community from 1974 to 1978. And let's step back just a t- just a touch first, though. August 1971, Gacy meets Carol Hoff and becomes engaged. And she's a pretty chill lady with two young daughters. They get married about a year later in July 1972. Again, Gacy is sh- setting up shop with a normal woman who probably doesn't suspect anything and trying to play off this... I am a normal man. I'm a family guy. I'm a community member who's a leader. Yeah. Nothing is wrong here. Nothing to see. Don't have any reason to suspect me of anything crazy or, you know, criminal or suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy. All right. So he's, like, stacking the chips in his favor so that no one will suspect hmm. that he's got dishonorable yeah. intentions towards anyone. But um Gacy actually lived with his mother until the wedding. So that's a little odd. But... In any case, by 1975, things had soured between John and Carol. Yeah. He actually worked up the nerve to tell her he was bisexual.
1: That'll affect the marriage, I think. this was
0: probably a huge thing back then. Yeah. And he also told her at that same time that he wasn't going to have sex with her anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Um, I can't imagine that a conversation with a spouse occurred that Frequently back then, where you told someone you were bisexual, right? And it doesn't really sound like he was bisexual because he basically told her, "I don't want to have sex with you anymore. I'm just going to have sex with men." So, it's like he was copping out on telling her he was gay. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, mean, well, he he did have sex with women. I mean, at least enough to have kids. So he may have. I don't know. I mean, I just I wonder like.
0: Yeah, but is that a function of him like trying to look? That could have been, yeah. Or is that a actually something Right, yeah, enjoy, yeah, 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 that's true. Because that was what was considered normal back then, and I think a lot of gay men and women were forced into these relationships because they didn't want to be considered right monsters, or criminals, or weirdos, or right, mentally yeah, ill. Yeah, yeah. So, they didn't necessarily enjoy the act, but they did it because they that's what they had to do to mm-hmm. appear normal. And I think that that is what yeah, Casey did that. as well. But he started spending a lot of time away from home, and saying that he was working late, etc. And... Carol comes home and sees him with young boys. He's constantly bringing them into the home in the garage. She starts looking around a little bit, poking around, and sees gay porn. She finds wallets in the house. She confronts him, and he basically tells her to mind her own damn business. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a respectful, um, mutually... caring relationship between two people, but by October nineteen seventy five Carol is done and she asked for a divorce again. She's yeah, dodging for real. a bullet on that one. Um Carol continues to live at eight two one three West Somerdale though until February nineteen seventy six and the divorce went through March second, nineteen seventy six. And the divorce went through under false grounds, obviously. Gacy was said to have been unfaithful with other women, and that was the grounds for the divorce, and we all Mm -hmm. know that was not true. That was like an agreement that they came to
1: or whatever for the divorce, yeah.
0: Yes, yes, to hide his true intentions or whatnot. So as all this is playing out, Gacy starts a construction company called PDM, which is Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance is what it stands for. And he starts this initially part-time while he's still working as a cook. And then eventually moves into a full-time endeavor, doing sign writing, pouring concrete, and redecorating. And that seems a little odd to me, but he does interior design as well as remodeling, installation, assembly, Hmm. and landscaping. So this is like a full deal. A full meal deal. Like, he does everything. And from what it sounds like, by 1975, PDM was actually doing great. And Gacy was working a ton of hours. He also took on work as a supervisor for a company that remodeled drugstores. So his business was doing so well financially that Gacy was becoming a bigger financial player in the Chicago area. So this is the weird part of it where Gacy finds this kind of strange interest of his where he goes to this place called the Moose Club. And this is the Loyal Order of the Moose. It's a fraternal and service organization located in Moose Heart, Illinois. And basically the organization is dedicated to helping kids in need through sports and recreational
1: oh, no. programs.
0: Now, that in itself is not strange, but he finds the Jolly Joker Clown Club within this organization, and it's a bunch of these weird clown dudes that perform at fundraisers, events, parades, etc. to help entertain hospitalized kids. And by 1975, Gacy has joined this club and created these two kind of clown identities. One is Pogo, the happy clown, and the other is Patches, the Why would you ever
1: be clown. like a serious clown?
0: I don't know. Back then, that was a thing. That doesn't make any sense to like <laughs> for creepy. entertainment,
1: especially for kids. It yeah. sounds
0: super creepy. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. But again, there are people like the young woman in our previous episode that <sighs> yeah, loved clowns. Yeah, that's weird. That were like, this is the most awesome thing that ever was, and he clowns. Um, I'm nope. not so big on that. You're not so big on that. But back then, yeah. clowns were the bomb. But Mr. Gacy never earned money from the clown thing. That was not really the the, the purpose for that. He was banking with his um, construction company and didn't really need clown money on the side. But he claimed that it allowed him to go back to his childhood in happier times. Huh. But this sort of identity got him the name in later years of the clown killer because he was known to perform as a clown when he did his some of his killings and he was also known to have stayed in this costume sometimes after performances and going and having drinks at local bars. Can you imagine seeing costume? that? Like, you'd
1: go to, like, your favorite hole-in-the-wall bar and there's just, like, a dude in a clown costume just sitting at the bar drinking a beer.
0: Yeah, that was. I'm gonna be be walk so in kind of like and creepy. turn around and
1: walk right back out.
0: But to be honest with you, knowing what I know now, I'd probably go talk to him. I mean, not Gacy, but, like, if I saw someone in a clown costume, nope. I'd probably go talk to him. I mean... Not on my own. I'd always make sure I had somebody <laughs> yeah. with me, but like, I would probably be like, why are you wearing nope. a clown costume?
1: Explain I'm just going to turn around it's and walk creepy. back out.
0: So, in the meantime, though, Gacy cannot stay out of trouble. He's known to have raped another employee in 1973 while traveling to Florida. He took this young boy to look at some property that he had bought, and the kid ended up coming back and beating him up in his yard oh. after this rape took place and in order to explain this Gacy tells his wife that he's been beaten up for not paying the kid that the kid did inferior work didn't do what he was told and so that's why he got beat up because mm. he didn't pay the kid for not doing the work but by 1975 Gacy grabs another teen this is 15 year old Anthony and DeLuca, or excuse me this is 15 year old Anthony and Anucci. somehow Gacy convinced Antonucci to come hang out and watch some hetero mm-hmm. porn together after that, he wrestles this kid to the floor and cuffs him. In the meantime, Antonucci manages to get out of the cuffs, pounces on Gacy, and cuffs him in return. Wow. And as creepy as that sounds, Gacy, I guess, seemed super impressed. It's probably by like this a whole turn thing. on. Was like, whoa, that's, that's hot. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Which is so creepy. By July 26, 1976, Gacy finds another victim. This is 18 year old named David Cram. Gacy offers him a job eventually even he, and he eventually even moves into Gacy's house. But a little after he moves in, Gacy dresses up as Pogo the clown and attacks oh. this kid. Yeah. And he's intending to rape him. Cram frees himself and eventually is like deuces. I'm getting the hell out of this house, but he still works for Gacy for the next two God, years.
1: Man, I could not imagine.
0: No, me either. Um, and then there was another boy 18 year old michael rossi which wasn't keep that name in your head because he is actually involved in this leader he moves in with gacy and stays living with gacy until 1977 and participates in the company long after that but he dresses up as a clown with gacy for events yeah
1: they do this clown clown thing together
0: and Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure if there was any kind of a sexual relationship between the two of them, but it sounds Mm -hmm. real twisted, right? And while all of this is going on, Gacy was involved with local politics. He's assisting the local Democratic Party. He's cleaning the party headquarters for free. As well as being part of the street lighting committee in the Chicago area and helping with the annual Polish Constitution Day parade from seventy five to seventy eight, and he even met with First Lady Rosalind Carter in May of nineteen seventy. Like
1: it's interesting. Like John Wayne Gacy is to re- to Democrats what Ted Bundy was to Republicans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, and this was considered a huge embarrassment for yeah. the Secret Service because he had like top secret clearance and whatnot, and here's this serial killer. The clown killer. And that's like top secret security One of the first glance. pictures
1: you see when you Google him too. Uh-huh. Is him
0: with the first lady, Rosalind Carter, which is, yeah. it's a creepy picture for sure. And so while all this craziness is happening, Gacy can't just be happy with his political life and clowning around and making lots of money. January 2nd, 1972, Gacy went to a family party and decided he was going to take a little drive after that to see some ice sculptures. In the Chicago area, and while heading home, he swings by one of his favorite pickup joints, the Greyhound bus station. Yeah, he loves the Greyhound bus station or the train station. Those are like his spots. And there he finds Timothy McCoy. This is a 16-year-old boy traveling from Michigan to Omaha. This is probably after the holidays. He's probably heading home and being this kindly older gentleman with a very only honorable Mm -hmm. intentions, Gacy takes McCoy on a sightseeing tour of Chicago. So let's go have some fun. Let's do some sightseeing. Yeah. Yay. Let's do this. And then he offers to let McCoy come stay at his house. And then he's like, you can stay overnight and I'll drive you back to the bus station the next day. This is all on the up and up. This is going to be amazing. I'm just doing Mm -hmm. this because I'm a nice guy. Gacy claimed that McCoy had come into his room with a knife in the middle of the night. The two fought and Gacy stabbed McCoy. But we all know that's not really what happened. That was Gacy's official version, but this was actually Gacy's first official victim. And he put the body into the crawl space at 8213 West Somerdale Avenue and covered it with concrete. So a crawl space. For those of you who don't really know what that was, a lot of houses in this particular area do not necessarily have a cement slab in the basement. Most houses now are built on a cement slab, and that's sort of a foundational issue mm-hmm. to keep the house standing to prevent water, moisture damage, insects, things like that. But there are a lot of houses around here that have dirt, so it's like you're it's built kind of mm-hmm. on a frame which is on top of dirt, and so you go underneath this house, and there'll be a crawl space with the bottom of the house with the wood beams and then dirt on the ground. And that was and the it's usually space. not like
1: tall enough for you to stand upright. You usually have to like crouch. Yeah.
0: Right. It's usually only like three yeah. or four feet high. And sometimes it's accessible from inside the house. Sometimes it's only accessible from outside the house. I am not really clear in this instant, whether it was accessible from inside of his house, but in any case he buried his first official victim in that crawl space at 8213 West Summerdale Avenue. Gacy later claimed he had an intense orgasm while he was killing McCoy and this led him to the belief that death was the oh, ultimate God. thrill, which this is the beginning of his twisted, sick, disgusting, sexual, um, thrill from killing. I'm going to go ahead and wrap the episode up here and we will come back for the second part of the episode. this will be part two, the second week. So... If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email at thebfdpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. This helps us immensely. Darcy, what you got for social media?
1: Yeah, we are at the BFD Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And as always, we will post our episodes and pictures of uh, the John Wayne Gacy Part 1 episode there.
0: Excellent. All righty. And please join us again next week When we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild cases Good night podcast peeps Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your, your
1: best life Bye!
0: Bye guys!